Hello, um, welcome to the second episode of Tom's podcast with me, Tom. And me. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping we've got, we've got the levels better this time. Um, it was okay last time. We've, this is the second time we second time we've recorded this because the first time we did it, your voice just did not pick up. Yeah, well, you wanted me to be further away, and it backfired. Well, so. yeah, I wanted. Well, the reason being, I think the dynamic is good. That sonically, I think it's good that there is a, a difference. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking more than you, so and it's yeah. my podcast, and so. It's all about Tom. It is. Or well, that's what it should be called. That's what everything should be called. Yeah. Um, I'm the center of the universe. Yes. Tom's Sunny Green. Yep. <laughs> I think we all, all agree on that. Um, okay. Um, I appreciate you listening last week. This is an experiment. You know, I'm, I'm not planning too much. I like the thought of just talking and expressing things and being a bit of a stream of consciousness. Um, and also it's a great opportunity to share sort of, sort of clips of what I'm working on at home. Um, so I'm going to share one now. Um, I haven't decided what it's going to be, but I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Here's, here's clip number one, episode two. Let's dive in. still very much in lockdown and uh yeah i have quite a solid routine at the moment so i've been able to go out for walks again what do you mean i have been able to um i've not been able to for a while because i broke my big toe on my right foot and yeah i broke it in a very silly way and (laughs) do you want to describe that way yeah well so at home we've got this this beam, um, this metal beam at the top of the house, which, which... Well, the top is like an attic and it's pointed. And so it slopes yeah. on either side of that point. Yeah. Like a triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I put a desk underneath this beam. Um, and I stood up and I hit my head on the beam quite hard and I really hurt my head and... I got really angry with myself, and so I kicked something really hard, um, 
really hard and I broke my toe quite badly. Like I twist, it's like a twisty, twisty kind of break. I, I had an x-ray and it, it just looks like it's split on like an angle and it's going to move down yeah. um, the bone. So I was on painkillers for a few days. I could only really handle a few days of codeine because it really kind of knocks you out. It really helps the pain. Like it really does actually, it completely numbs the pain, but then you, yeah. you feel like you're stoned. Yeah. And it's not, I didn't like that feeling. I realized that I was like feeling really completely out of it. And you're really hazy and yeah. And then tired. you can't shit either. Like it completely, it completely backs you up. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a lot of downfalls to taking it, so I had to stop taking it. But luckily, I don't need it anymore, um, the, the painkillers. And I don't need to wear this stupid boot anymore. So I'm slowly kind of walking around so I can go to the park. So that's what we're doing in the morning. First thing is we go with our dog, Raf, to the park. It's a woods at the end of the... At the end of One end of the street is this big wood. And it's amazing because mm. we've been doing that every day. Every day for the past year, at least, like, yeah, in the in the first thing in the morning, and it's a really really great way to to get exercise, fresh air. You get to it's very very satisfying getting to walk around. You get a really good walk. It's often cold and miserable, but I, I don't actually mind it. It's just a really good way to start the day. You get your blood flowing, you know, and you get to you get to talk, you know, and. Uh, yeah, it's been part of my routine. And then also every other day I've been microdosing. Um, with? With, um, I'm not sure, can I say? <laughs> it's not LSD. It's not LSD, no. <laughs> but maybe I shouldn't say. Well. Because it's illegal. But it's not illegal. the way that you got it. Well, yeah. The substance, it's yeah. a very small, it's such a small amount. But I mean, yeah. Um, well, it's a psychedelic. It's a psychedelic that isn't LSD. It's very. It's known for its its antidepressant, anti-anxiety, yeah. mind-opening properties. And I and I so I've been microdosing in the morning. I take three or four sprays under my tongue after I brush my teeth and to treat depression and um, anxiety because I had a really really bad bout of depression around Christmas time, um, which was. Mm. I've suffered from depression um, since I was a kid and I've been on medication since I was in my late teens and the medication helped to an extent um, but it doesn't it doesn't take away the root of why you're depressed without therapy you you can take medication your whole life it can keep things at bay but it, what it also does is numbs you a lot and I was taking a combination of antidepressants and an antipsychotic which um in combination, they worked for what I needed them yeah, to work for. They were kind of like an interventionist approach. Of like, yeah, I needed get it. Get you back to. Yeah, I needed it. It helped, um, but after a long time, you you find it very hard to access your emotions. You're very kind of flat and numb. It affects your sex drive, um, and I just didn't like it anymore. And it, and also, I wasn't feeling that great. Like I'd. I'd started to do work on myself in therapy and I'd started to really understand the reasons why I'd, I'd felt so awful for a long time and it, the, the medication worked to an extent and I decided that I didn't need it anymore which is an amazing thing yeah. with 
CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy I was doing. I've been doing it for about three years. And so I stopped taking it about a year ago, I think. I can't remember. I think, I think it's, it's been more than that. Yeah, it might have been more than that. I, just, I can't remember. I think it was like two years ago. Right. But yeah. Yeah, so I came off it gradually and I felt great. Like when I first came off it, I felt amazing. And then I noticed now and again, I'm so like, oh, actually, look, I'm, I'm kind of anxious and I'm a little bit depressed. And it was hard to admit because I'd been on medication for so long that I thought that I was kind of cured and I didn't expect myself to go back into a depression. And I experienced throughout last year, experiencing bouts of depression that would come and go and they were becoming more uh, and more severe. And I thought I could get through them and I did, but Christmas time, um, I think I think it was a combination of things. The, the, the fact that we were going in and out of lockdown throughout the year was starting to affect me because I have to shield a lot of the time because I'm high risk because I am on immunosuppressants. Um, and so what happened at Christmas was that I wasn't being told to shield, but it was obvious that the cases were extremely high mm. and I was going into work and I was very worried that I was going to catch the virus and also, you know, it, it, it's not as straightforward as that being the worry. But I felt an immense amount of pressure on myself because if if it was up to me to go into shielding, then the operation stops and everyone has to stop working. And that's a lot of pressure when you're doing good work and it's going great and you work, you know, everyone's getting on and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to just be like, guys, I'm not coming in. And also there's a huge worry that I was going to be left out, that I would be at home and everybody else was going to go in and keep working and we did a bit of that throughout the year which I, I accepted but to be honest I found it incredibly difficult because it's a very what we do is is collaborative mm. in its nature it has to be for everybody to feel safe and valued you have to collaborate on everything it can be a nuisance at times because you need everybody's opinion on things and mm. it's hard to get sometimes but that's the way it's a democracy so I was experiencing that throughout the year and, and Christmas time, it just got to, it got the better of me. And there was a period where I wasn't going in and um, others were going in and I kept quiet about it. And that was the problem was that I was really struggling at home and I kept it to myself. And what happens then is that I start to project onto people and I started to get things, things I convinced myself of things that weren't happening and mm. I started to get paranoid. And I became really depressed. And when you're depressed, when I'm depressed, it's very hard to notice. And I do things which perpetuate the depression. So I, I don't sleep well. I eat terribly. I don't exercise. I play too many video games. I'm on my phone too much. I'm just trying to do all these soothing things that I think are going to help me when actually those things can work. But a lot of the time they just perpetuate the depression and you know I got to a period where I was suicidal and I and I you know it's hard to 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 admit that it's hard to talk about because it's I think the reason it's hard to talk about is because you worry that it, people won't take it seriously 
that's my worry is that people won't believe me and that it's just whatever it's it's just you know i want attention or whatever but it's not it was real and i really was worried about myself when i was worried what i was going to do and because when you feel like that you know i could spend a whole a whole episode talking about what depression feels like mm. i won't maybe one day um i mean it's very very hard to describe but when you feel like that you 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 worry that there's no way out and you forget what it feels like to feel anything above that so not even good but normal you totally forget what that feels like and you re i really started to worry that that was the way that i was going to feel forever and and that is no way to live and you start to wonder well what do i do about it and you know that's when you start to think maybe maybe zero consciousness is the way to go um because you know i, I i'm not gonna start doing hard drugs and things like that because that's just you know you can't you can't do that <laughs> um so i i had you know i thought do i do that i didn't you know i'm like I'm, i said i'm having therapy and that helped and I started to look out and I somehow managed to climb my way out of the pit and I started looking at do I do and do I take antidepressants again mm. I really didn't want to so I started looking at other things and I came across the options of microdosing and what the benefits are mm. and they looked really really beneficial I you know came across a big study which was done at King's College which yeah, I read the book, the, uh, what's her name? Is it Ayelet Wildman? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Called A Really Good Day. Yeah. Her experiences of microdosing LSD. And I read that book and I have a couple of friends have actually microdosed and I read the benefits of, of uh, psilocybin mushrooms and I read the benefits of LSD and also benefits of microdosing MDMA, all these kind of things. And I decided on what I was going to microdose and difficulty is it's very hard to get so I had mm. some trouble doing that um, and I started microdosing and it really 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 helped yeah I really felt better I just felt better like and whether it's a placebo or not I don't care because mm. I felt better I would take a placebo every day for the rest of my life if it works yeah it really felt like my brain had been cleansed and I because what happens is you're literally forming new connections in your brain you're forming new pathways like if you think about a psychedelic on a large dose you trip that trip is your brain creating completely brand new connections and pathways you're experiencing reality in a new way it's not it's not um unreality it's not unreal it's reality enhanced mm. and that's what microdosing kind of gives you there's no trip there's no hallucination auditorily or visually of any kind you you kind of wait for it though oh yeah the first time i was like really anxious about it yeah because i've never done psychedelics i've done it once and it was bad you know and i'm very nervous around drugs i don't smoke we i used to but i don't smoke anymore because i just it would just trigger a massive panic attack mm. even the thought even the smell of it would do it um so yeah so that's what i'm still doing um and this is not like promoting people microdosing no. but it's a really it's, it my, really it's just my experience. Yeah. yeah, it's my experience. It might not be for everyone, and I don't advise doing it because I'm not in any way 
a professional of any kind. I don't need to say that. <laughs> um, but it's phenomenal. And, you know, I, I, for me, it's been the difference of, you know, I'll be honest, it might sound a bit much, but either being dead or taking antidepressants again. That's, it's, it's, and there's nothing wrong with taking antidepressants, you know, it, it kept me going for 15 years. Yeah. And I've done a lot in those 15 years. And you might, you might know me and you might have never even realized that I was on medication. Um, but for me, it was just, I'd had enough of it and I wanted a different alternative. If the microdosing hadn't worked, I probably would have gone, would have gone back on, on antidepressants. And I might do again in the future, who knows? Yeah. But for now, the microdosing works. So that's part of my routine in the morning. You know, and some days when it's nice and sunny, if I take a if I take an extra spray, you you actually can feel like it feels like you can feel the sunlight. You can you can feel the warmth and the glow and the yeah. rays kind of passing through you. It's, it's it's and it. I'm very very grateful for it. Yeah, it feels like the difference between looking down, kind of you know, like looking at the ground when you're walking and then realizing that you can look up and yeah there's like the sky and the trees and the sunlight's there and and it, that yeah. feeling is kind of euphoric it is yeah it gives you a different perspective like you have different choices i find like i when i'm in a situation where typically i would go down one route now i've got other routes to go down that's how mm -hmm. it feels you know things don't become too overwhelming yeah, and Isla Waldman's book describes it really nicely where you don't really think about it all day that you've microdosed, but then at the end of the day... Yeah, exactly. Really That's the point of it now, actually, because it's been a while and I'm, I'm used to it. Mm. I'm not, like, waiting for any kind of high or anything. Like, you just... I just do it now, and within 10 minutes I've forgotten that I've done it. Yeah. And yeah, exactly, you get to the end of the day and with no depression. You know, I still, I am still experiencing anxiety, which I'm a little bit... A little bit confused about it. I'm not sure really sure what's happening with that I think that could could be a symptom of the of the lockdown because we're inside yeah all day every day and I'm getting very very fidgety I don't know if people have I mean th there's definitely not a universal experience of this pandemic um, I don't know if you want to share your experience being um, clinically extremely vulnerable yeah yeah that would be interesting yeah i i i'd like to know that um you know i have social media accounts you can contact me you through misheard me i said people might want to know your experience oh sorry i thought you meant i thought you meant people oh. contacting me about it <laughs> um yeah so yeah i've been shielding since last year um because I had a kidney transplant, which means I'm on immunosuppressants, so I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. If I got this this pesky COVID, my lungs might um, disintegrate um, because I, I don't have an immune system. So, um, yeah, and it's interesting because the UK just announced their plan for coming out of lockdown because now we do have vaccines and they're vaccinating. Um, well, they're giving the first dose. And you've got your first dose. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I had it about six weeks ago, um, which is great. Like, we are making really, really great progress. I'm skeptical because of what the government's done. 
they fucked up a lot um, and I'm not convinced that they're not going to fuck it up again but I'm also I couldn't do what they do so who am I to criticise really you know I'm not too opinionated about that um, I don't think it's fair to treat people the way that some people are treating the government but um, yeah but the new timeline set out is that England will be back to normal nightclubs reopen on July 21st yeah and, and it's a free-for-all after that yeah 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 which if that happens amazing like I'll be out July 21st June 21st whatever I'll be out um you will see who knows you know the, the, the plan is that it's gradual and it's and it's uh signs over dates you know these are plenimer plenimer nope <laughs> try again plenimer Preliminary. <laughs> preliminary. Preliminary. <laughs> preliminary. Preliminary. <laughs> preliminary. Preliminary. <laughs> preliminary. <laughs> preliminary. <laughs> no. <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and so it's interesting. It's interesting because everyone's keen. But I'm not going to let my keenness override the safety of myself and other people because that's how you just end up in this situation. We will be here forever if people take the piss. So. And it's scary because what Boris Johnson announced was that these are irreversible steps taken. Yeah, we can't go into lockdown after this. Exactly. So we have to get it right. And I say we because we have to get it right. Like there's there's... There's people who are trying to help us, you know, and it's not a case that they get it right, it's we get it right. Mm. Um, and I want to get it right, you know, that's why I've stayed inside for the last fucking 12 months. You know, yeah. I've, I've toured the world 18 times over. This, this year I've not left my house. Yeah. You know, like, I'm keen, like... And not even not leave the house, like, I've seen people that are, you know, going on trips and it yeah. just seems like there's not really it's not the same like we we are actually yeah it does it does annoy home. me it does annoy me you know don't even leave london no um, we're, and granted like we're, we're very lucky that we have we have a we have a garden sure you know and yeah. a lot of people don't you know yeah. yeah and we don't have to we're not raising kids you know we have a lot of we have a lot of space like we can we can't help ourselves very much. Like we, you know, we have a lot, but I'm not going to lie. It's been hard. Our reality is that it's been hard. It's not, um, sustainable. It's not, no, no. And I have a job to do as well, you know, and I've been doing it for a while now and I want to do it. And, you know, and I know that people are, uh, are waiting and it's, it's, it's just a bit much at the moment. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get out of lockdown and, I'm optimistic. Mm. I think it would. Be, how incredible would it be if this this summer is? It'd be like a renaissance. It'd be like post-war. Like it will, people will just be so happy and so full of life. Like to be able to speak to somebody I've never met before in person. I know meeting a new person. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I'm going to savor it and and yeah. And I want to do everything. I you know. There's a lot that I've taken for granted over the years. 
not my fault, but you know, there is things which I've done and not really kind of experienced. Yeah. I've done them and not experienced them, and I want to do these. Do, I want to do these things, and I, I want to experience them. You know, the last the last show that we played was to eighty thousand people mm. in Canada. Eighty thousand people. You couldn't see the back of the crowd. It 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 just went. It seemed like it went on forever, mm. and we didn't expect it. You know, it was completely insane and everybody there was unbelievably welcoming and nice and mm. we had a great time as a band and we we it was it was incredible and I, I look back to that and I think of myself now and it's like that I can't imagine that happening again not in, not because it won't but because it was so surreal that, that was my life mm. so who what a gift that we got to do that so that's that. <laughs> so here's a track. Yeah, check this beat out. <laughs> Just listen back to it for a second. quite a bit of YouTube I'm always watching a lot of YouTube um, there's a guy there's a chef called let me see if I can get this right Kenji Lopez Alt I think I that's his name confirm, but... I think that's the name if you search Kenji like I think he's he's well known he's a very famous chef who during lockdown um, has been making home he's been cooking at home but he films it from a GoPro on his head he's an absolute dad he is. He's First the old, yeah. He's like peak dad. Um, yeah, he films it from a GoPro, first person perspectives. It's just re it's really relaxing. He's such a good cook, and the fact he's at home, so he, whatever he makes, he just films. So he's cooking lunch, he'll film it. Mm. Um, and I just I love seeing other people's houses and like the 
the kitchen stuff that he has, like his equipment, the stuff he's got in his fridge. Um, he seems like a really, really nice guy as well. Like he's very soothing to listen to. And like, he talks about the things that he enjoys and he's the stuff that he's, he advocates for. And, um, it's quite scientific too. That's true. Yeah, he is. We're scientific in, in the understanding of food and what makes up food. But he's not, he doesn't measure everything out like mathematically. No. But scientific is a good word. He knows being... how certain things interact. Mm, yeah. Um, why you put cornstarch in, in eggs to make a great scrambled egg, that kind right. of thing. Um, so that's, yeah, YouTube. I actually just watched before we did this a video. Um, I actually can't remember the guy's name. Um, but you'll be able to find it. He, he lives out Picasso's daily routine. He does that for two weeks. And Picasso... So his routine was he would wake up at 11 a.m. He would have breakfast, lunch. Then at one, he would work. Uh, he would work. He would paint for four hours. Mm. And then he would have something to eat. And then he would paint until about 3 a.m. And so he lived out this, this life. And he actually really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed being up really late at night and, and just painting. And the, the guy that made the video... Um, he, our dog is just chewing a piece of plastic, which is ideal. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the guy that made the video is, a, is an artist, so he would really, he was really enjoying painting late at night and stuff. He just didn't like getting up at low now. And I, 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 I used to do that to an extent at university. I used to get up really late because I would go to sleep at about 6 a.m., um, because I couldn't sleep. But I quite liked being up when no one else was up. Is he... What's he doing? He's about to knock over a guitar. <laughs> um, Raph? Come here, Peanut. Okay. Good boy. Why are you... Why are you... He's being sniffy. Raph? Raph, come here. He's fine. He's a good boy. I got him. You're a good boy. All right, that's probably really annoying to listen to. Um, so yeah, YouTube, I really love YouTube. Um, I like watching SNL on YouTube a lot. Yeah. We watch PBS NewsHour in the morning on YouTube. We watch all kinds of good things on YouTube, like tutorials, how to catch a shiny YouTube and stuff like that. How about TV? TV, we've been watching um, a really amazing reality TV show called Are You, Are you The One? So trashy. On Netflix. But so well crafted. It is. It's, re it's a really amazing format. I'm not sure. It, it's 10. Yeah, explain it. 10, ten contestants. 20. 20 contestants, 10 women, 10 men. And the idea is you're supposed to find your perfect match. You live in this house, and they're all under 25, these people. And they've taken a lot of tests and whatever supposedly yeah they already their perfect matches already yeah there's a, a team of psychologists um, inverted commas um who have determined who's who's match who matches who perfectly and so the game is you have to find your perfect match through doing challenges where you win a date with a person and then the rest of the house gets to vote whoever wins the date, so you usually get three or four couples that go on a date, the rest of the house vote 
on which couple they want to go into the truth booth. Truth booth. The truth booth. Um, they go into the truth booth and they're either a perfect match. And if they're a perfect match, they then go, go to a private island for the rest of the, it's like three months. Like they just yeah. go there. So, but they're a perfect match. So they should technically just get on. Um, meanwhile. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, if they're not a perfect match, they go back into the house and each night. week they get a a a matchup so they have to they go up and they you know like um nicholas will go up and be like tonight my purple mash is jade and then jade comes up and then they both put press their hands against an ipad which <laughs> pretends to scan their hand yeah. and they lock in yeah. and then everyone does that they all sit down and the host is like behind me there are 10 beams of light. Yeah. If one light, if there's a beam and it shines <laughs> up, then you've got one match. 10 beams, 10, ten matches. matches, you win a million dollars. And everyone's like, a million dollars, which is $50,000 each. So they probably, after, by the time they get home, probably get about $15. <laughs> um, but they're all going crazy for the million dollars. And so, yeah, and each week they fuck it up and they get to the 10th week and they've only managed to get like three matches yeah. because they all just want to fuck each other because yeah. they're all 21. Yeah. They drink an ungodly amount of alcohol. There's every unlimited si alcohol in the it's, house. Yeah, and that is entertaining. Like, it's so entertaining. Like, it's worrying sometimes, like the amount they're drinking. And they, they, the, the second season of this, like, there's a guy in there that's like six foot eight. He has no expression on his face the whole time. Yeah, he's, he's built terrifying. like a brick shit house. <laughs> yeah. Like he he looks like he could just kill you like really easily and quickly. Um, and he gets into arguments with people where he's screaming at them and his eyes are bulging out of his head because he's had eighteen yeah. pints of uh, Jack Daniels. It's an unethical show, but yeah, and that's probably why there's only two seasons. I, I think there's just only two seasons in the UK. On Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So watch that because um, it's guilt-free. We love a good social experiment. Yeah. It's really it's really entertaining. And you do actually... Actually, that's not true. I don't like any of them. No. no None of the people are likable. Incredibly unlikable. They're all frat. It's not like Love Island where you grow to like people because they show decency and yeah. none of these people do that. No. But... You're invested in like in their failure. Yeah, I want them to lose. I want them to get through to the tenth and then and not get any money. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we've been watching that. We've been watching Sopranos. We are probably the last people to get yeah. on this bandwagon. But yeah, we started on season wow. three. We're on season three. It's yeah, it's good. I mean, I am not like convinced yet. It's the greatest TV show ever. Sometimes you don't like to overly think about film and TV and kind of connect it to... So I don't like to do that. Yeah, like sometimes you just like to feel your feelings about those things as opposed to... Sometimes you get annoyed when I like try and unpack oh, right, right. it too much or yeah. over critique. Or... I, don't, I don't look for hidden meaning like in, in films when I'm, or TV when I'm watching it. Yeah. You know, like the WandaVision, for example is just a Easter egg fest. Yeah. And I'm not interested. I don't I don't really care if if um you know that Wanda has 18 million um 
strands of hair on her head and there are 18 million people that have worked in Disney in total. So yeah, it's an Easter egg. I don't care. I love an Easter egg. I don't like, yeah. And, but you're really good at it though. Like whenever we watch anything like that or a TV show, you really see that when you see it coming a lot. Yeah. And, that, and it annoys me. I'm so good at predicting what's coming. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm watching the performances really. Yeah. So I'm watching The Sopranos and there are some great actors. But there were some not good actors. Like, there's a guy who was basically doing an Al Pacino impression. And when I said it, you know, the listener, you know who I'm talking about. You could say all of them, but (laughs) he's not not in it that much. He's one of the main kind of four. And he's got almost like a... Kate is... His his quip is almost... It looks looks false because it's so done. You know, he spent four hours in hair and makeup to look like a gangster. I like him. I don't know what his name is. It's he's just like, who Paulie. looks like, he's like Tony, like he, he, he has like his that. head down the whole time yeah. and he's like looking up and he's just like, he's doing an Al Pacino impression. And Al Pacino is arguably with the greatest actor alive. He's not, Al Pacino never, is never acting. He is completely immersed and this guy's acting every second of it and it annoys me. And the therapist is a terrible actor. <laughs> but it is a really, really good show. I'm really, I'm invested. I think it's so it's, progressive. It is. It's very, very smart. It touches on so many relevant topics. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's like in such a good time period. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not completely obsessed with it. Like, it's not. It's not number one. No, I mean, we watched two seasons of our Are You The One in about... About 14 days, 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? We watch films now and again. We watch The Matrix. Yeah, we watched The Matrix. You watched it for the first time. For first time. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favourites, I think. I like watching films for the, for the actors. So if I'm, if I'm on a, like on a streak, like an obsession, I'll yeah. watch all of Philip Seymour Hoffman's films or all of Adam Driver's films or whatever. You like to rewatch things too. Like you've rewatched um, The Last Dance and I did, yeah. I, I watched, yeah, yeah. The Last Dance was, it's my favorite documentary. Like after, it, it, before, that, it, before that was The Story of OJ. I think that's what it's called, The Story of OJ. The AS, ESPN documentary, it's like four part documentary. OJ, no, OJ Made in America. Yeah. That's what it's called. Which is phenomenal. And But The Last Dance for me just ticks every single box. Um, Michael Jordan like is just... My, well, Michael Jordan, he, he, he's he's a, a, an anomaly. And I really am interested in people that are unique and exceptional. And I used to play basketball um, quite a bit. And I was very good at it. And I, and I, I loved that whole thing. And I used to take the... Chicago Bulls games on cable um, and it's the 90s you know Dennis Rodman mm, love a Dennis Rodman yeah this is going to be a Dennis Rodman podcast now <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's a really really good documentary and I just I just there's nothing better sometimes than watching something you love in the middle of the day mm. sitting down and watching because you can you know, it's such a it's such a, a pleasure to watch, and I will happily watch things that I've watched loads of times. I've watched the new Pixar film Soul a few times, mm. like, which is incredibly poignant. 
talking about depression, for me, soul was yeah. a real reminder of, of the fact that you're not alone in it, you know. There's a, there's a scene where the character sits on a... Maybe spoiler alert, maybe? I don't think so. No, it doesn't affect the plot or anything. No, no. He sat on a, on a sidewalk, and um, this is when... He's basically just been placed in his body and he, and he sits on the sidewalk and he's looking up and the sun's out and there's a tree and it's autumn and the, the leaves are blowing and this a leaf falls from the sky and he watches it fall and it lands on his hand and he has a moment and he's, he, he makes me emotional talking about it. Um, he's, he, you know, he looks over and there's two people sat outside a restaurant and they're talking and it's very poignant about you know it just reminds me of those moments where you're aware of the miracle of being alive like having a having a mind and being able to conceive of joy and happiness it is a miracle and it's so abstract the whole the whole being alive thing and you get a moment and it's like i am the first person in the history of all things to experience this moment through this perspective mm. this has never ever happened before ever then this is completely mine and it's completely unique, you know? And it's, and it's, if that's all we have, then that's enough. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be much more than that. There's moments of just beauty and joy and, um, because it's so, life can be so immensely complicated and complex, but it's, also profoundly simple and do you have any elegant memories that stand out for you like that that's a good question um it happens it happens a lot i don't they're hard to distinguish i mean i remember being before we moved here like there was a park over the road and I stood in the middle of the park and Raph, Raph was there running around and um, it was really kind of cloudy and I often noticed that a lot of the time in London like the the clouds move very quickly mm. and I was just looking up and it was just one of those moments where it was like there's there's so much bigger than me mm. you know these clouds are not aware they're not aware of me they're not aware of my problems like they just are what they are and 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 they're essential you know when you start to you think about the the entire planet and the universe and and you know it doesn't diminish how you feel but it 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 sometimes can help to think i don't need to be worried like i don't need to worry in this moment it happens it happens quite quite a bit um yeah so Saul 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 if you haven't seen it yeah. Hot Saul yeah I very highly recommend it all Pixar films I love yeah the shorts ugh so hard yeah I used to want to work for Pixar it was like my dream my dream when I was at university actually college and I was doing a lot of animation what if we were to work for Pixar who doesn't <laughs> you know we had a tour of Pixar once and it was just it was completely mind blowing mm. I think yeah I also fantasize about having a job. <laughs> you do. You look up into windows of like cubicles and you're like, I think I would thrive. I wish 
I could just go clock in. <laughs> yeah, and just have something that is like, I, I need to do this. Yeah. You know, data entry. But watching The Matrix was like jealous of his office job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> before, before the red pill. Yeah. But that's, uh, I know that's ridiculous and I know that that's because I'm privileged. Yeah. <laughs> Point of privilege. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, there is something nice about just, I feel like you like process driven things it's why you kind of like those cooking videos where it's like he does everything and there's a process to it and then at the end there's a thing and yeah that's kind of what a lot of those I, jobs seem to represent or... well i like i like order a lot yeah. I, like, I like order and i don't like um randomness too much mm. you know maybe that's the autism in me mm. the autist in me inside of me <laughs> trying to um yeah yeah, no, I've always preferred order and an objective kind of objectivity in, in in all kinds of things. I can think abstractly and and on on on, on an almost synesthetic level. I mean, on a synesthetic synesthetic yeah level synesthetic. This is just a podcast of us trying to pronounce yeah. words <laughs> trying to trying to be people that people would pay two seconds to do you want to describe your your experience of synesthesia yes yeah, so it's never been a confirmed thing i've never been diagnosed although i have it's been it's been hinted at through yeah. professionals um i can experience sound i experience sound as forms often and, and in color quite distinct forms um tastes have color and forms mm -hmm. abstract things have color and forms in my mind yeah particularly music so i can piece together music in 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 color in my head and forms in my head and um it, it's it's can be a hindrance because because then that becomes objective so say if we say the band has a track which if we if we're if we're if we're you know if we're very hard on it and we're and we're lucky and the pieces fall into place it's coherent i th I find that making a, a a track that is coherent is incredibly difficult mm. it's a skill um you know what i mean people who make music like if you can make sounds but making a song from start to finish that makes sense from start and tells a story for me, that sound that sound has a has a color and a form. Like I can see the guitar in my mind abstractly, mm. and so when you start to change it, I have a problem with that because then it, the pieces don't fit together. Um, Is it the kind of thing where you could hear a sound and th and in your mind it's yellow or yeah green or yeah most most. I mean, most words have color and form, but they're not um, always different either. I think it's the sound, the way that's the way that it's pronounced. Mm. Um, so, consonant consonants tend to tend to have a sharper kind of more brown, browny kind of darker, gray um, kind of color, and they're a bit smaller. Whereas vowels are a bit kind of stretchier, they like they they look like elastic. They kind of look a bit more um, orangey and yellow, 
and green and they kind of go around the constants hmm. um, days of the week all have, all have distinct color um, does that play into your paintings at all it could do. I I, I I like to think that that I can place color in a way that that there's harmony, mm. um, but that takes practice, because my problem is that I don't have much patience, so I don't mix color well. Right. Um, and I have an idea in my mind, like I can have a canvas and I know exactly what I want to see, but executing it is is a different story. Mm. I've not quite found the the perfect medium for um, illustrative art yet. Because painting I love and I appreciate painting immensely, but my own patience gets in the way of my own, my own attention span gets in the, end, in, my, in the way of my own painting. Yeah. But it's a big part of music for me. You know, like a rich bass sound, it's purple, like it's purple and it's fibrous. Mm. You know, if you think about, um, you think about the pip of a, what's the fruit I ate today? A nectarine. A nectarine. You think about the fruit, the, the pip of a nectarine. It's kind of similar to that, but it's 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 darker and it's it's wider. It's like a big rectangle. Like if I think of a low base, it's a it's a it's a large slab of purple and it's fibrous. Hmm. Guitar is often yellow. Again, when do you when do you think you notice that other people don't experience the same? I don't know. I still don't really. <laughs> right. To me, it's perfectly normal. Yeah. And, and I and I and I might be wrong that it's not not like I genuinely don't know how that isn't. Not that's not common. Surely you have. I mean, if I were to really try and make art of it, I could, but it doesn't. I've I've never thought about words having shape or color before. Right. Yeah. I guess it's not just. It's not just what it's not just sound either. A lot of the way that things feel. Yeah. Translate into my mind as colors and shapes. I mean, I, you know, I love mild ASMR, kind of. Yeah. Sounds and other sounds are make me want to vomit. Like right. Physically make me feel ill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's a similar thing. I mean, there's, there are very extreme cases of synesthesia where people will um, experience, um, I don't know, like, there are, I mean, there's a, there's a guy called David, um, Daniel Tammet. He's a, a savant, an autistic savant. Um, and he's very famous because he is able to articulate everything that he experiences, mm. which most uh, autistic savants can't. They don't have verbal skills. So he's able to convey everything. Um, and he perceives numbers as shapes mm. um, to the point where he will be given a calculation, uh, and a ridiculous cal calculation that just isn't possible to do um, just by just in your yeah. mind yeah um he will take so each number has a shape so he just fits the pieces together and, and creates an answer he has two pieces this plus this equals this and he can do it instantly it's it's absolutely phenomenal um i don't have that <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had that yeah um I mean, 
yeah, I mean, to me, it's normal. The only, like I said, the only time it, it can cause me a bit of grief is when not only do I experience these things, but I also, I also find it hard often to um, see things from other people's perspectives to the point where I can see both perspectives as as, as equal, <laughs> which might okay. might sound odd, but so this is the case with music. So say if I have an opinion about a um, string arrangement. Uh-huh. And to me, it's perfect. And it's perfect because I can see it. I can visualize it and I can feel it. For that to then be contested, I find it very, very difficult to then, I can see it from the other person's perspective, but I find it very hard to then like dissemble that image in my head. Mm. I find it hard to take apart what I've built in my mind. You know, there is a track at the moment which is very linear and yellow. Like it's just, it looks like, um, have you ever seen like videos or if you've seen like at the bottom of like a canal or like a lake, you get like reeds that like ripple. Mm. It's like a very long um, tube of those. Of, seaweed? Yeah, but it's, but it's all one and it's yellow mm. and there's the the track we have at the moment which which is that and and with the drums the drums are kind of like anchoring down like um sharp kind of almost black very dark brown kind of um colors yeah yeah but they're but they're soft they go through it um and then so if it's this hasn't happened but sorry my phone sorry um this hasn't happened but if I were to, if somebody were to say, we're going to redo the guitar or we're going to rearrange the strings or whatever it is, I just have a hard time then rebuilding. Right. Because it's, to me, it's, it's finished. Like, it's, it's complete. Yeah. But I have to understand that it's not. It's subjective. So that's when, it can, that's when I can run into trouble with it. But generally, I don't even notice it. It's just normal. Yeah, there's um this documentary of this guy uh, who's doing this barista competition, and he he says he has synesthesia where he can taste color. Right. And the whole point of this competition is like you have to guess which coffee it is, and so he's like talking himself up like I can just taste where it's from, I can taste like how it's grown, and everyone's really nervous that he's gonna win because he can taste all these things that they're supposed to be guessing. Right. And he just comes in last place. <laughs> he just doesn't get any of them right. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, doesn't, it wouldn't really help. It's not objective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, I've never actually talked about that, I don't think, to, to anyone. I don't think so. That's the thing, like, that there's, there's things that I experience which I fear about talking about because I, I, part of the worry is that people think I'm making it up or that I'm being ridiculous, you know? Mm. And that comes from something. Drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old T word. Yeah, yeah. The big T. <laughs> the biggest T. Um, but I've got to learn to not be ashamed of myself and the things that are real to me. It's not my fault. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, yeah. And who knows? Maybe there's people listening that experience things that they don't even, couldn't imagine sharing with people. Yeah. I and mean, anybody that mocks anybody for the way that they are doesn't deserve anything. Breath. They don't. I don't think, yeah. I mean, and it's not even that I've really experienced people that have ever, like, mocked or disagreed with me. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I mean. I mean, you get on your fair share of Reddit fights. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's warranted because I talk a lot of shit on Reddit. Yeah, because you're a troll. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> that's not true. I did delete my account of 13 years because I thought I was going to get in trouble. Yeah, because I told you that someone's going to dig this up and yeah. get you into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's nice to talk about things that, that I don't talk about. And that's the reason for this fucking podcast. It's my podcast. Sure is. If you don't like it, fuck off. I'm going to lean hard into it. Yeah, anyway, check out this beat. Yeah, hopefully it was more than 20 minutes because I think we were doing this oh, yeah. 20 minutes ago. I do not do that during a recording, a, a taping of a podcast. I have no conception of time anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I did. I bought three jeans, three pairs of jeans. Because the idea is that I'm going to keep one pair. Right. I'm going I'm to send back the others. The most likely situation <laughs> is that you are going to be too lazy to send back yeah. the other two pairs. Yeah, and then I'll sell them on Depop for less money than I paid for them. Yeah. Um, so where do, you, where, do you, where do you shop normally? Where do I shop? Yeah. Um, I shop, well, at the moment, exclusively online. So there's a really good app called Vestair. Yeah. V, um, I can't pronounce V's that well because my, my bottom lip and my chin is completely numb. Yeah. Um, Since surgery. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, last year. Yeah, that facial reconstructive surgery, which we might get into in a different podcast yeah i'll keep there a little teaser for you <laughs> little teaser um you'll listen every week until i mention it now because it's so riveting it's um yeah it's called vesta v so t-u-v-e 
Esther, whatever, Vesta, <laughs> it's an app. Um, you can buy vintage, vintage designer archive clothing. Yeah. It's very good. It's what very kind, well. What kind of designers do you like? That's a great question. Um, I like Raph Simmons. I like, who do I like? Um, I like a cold wall. I like Kotweiler. Um, I like some off-white stuff. There's a pair of off-white trainers that I have, which are my favorite trainers. Mm. They're like a s skate shoe. Um, I like, I like, I don't have, there's certain brands that I do like, but I like, like Miss Margiela. Um, there's, it's really how it looks, really. It doesn't really matter who, who's made it. Yeah. I think these brands tend to be my favorite because they're made so well. Mm. Like, that's the, one of the reasons they're so expensive is because, they're just made really well, like, and you know, the cut is great. Like if you buy a cheap t-shirt, it will last you two weeks. And I really try not to buy clothing that much. I did go through a period um, yeah. about four or five years ago where I really went to town on new clothing because, you know, I'd not had money before and I had some money and I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna start. You know, and I got into a trap, <coughs> pardon me. <laughs> um, I got into a cycle of being exposed to stuff on social media and being like, you need to buy this right now. Yeah. And so I would buy it and Sucker. I found this really amazing shop in London called Machine A and I would go yeah. there a lot. And uh, as a the Korean designer, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but it's, I think it's pronounced Hyen Seo. Yeah. Like H-Y-E-I-N-S-E-O. Yeah. It's make, they make, I think it's a, a, a female, designer she makes i might be wrong uh she makes really just really cool kind of nostalgic um but like a techie yeah. cyber not cyberpunk um yeah. futuristic kind of clothing it's got this really amazing balance of nostalgic like i have this beanie it's like a beanie cap so it's got a beat a peak on it and it's black but it's a beanie you know the, how they used to you know you, everyone had one like elliot smith and yeah. and it and it just is so nostalgic, but it's also like super techy, depending on what you wear it with. Yeah, your computer clothing. My computer I'm clothing, exactly. Like I want to look like a computer. Yeah. I want people to look at me and think computer. Yeah, he does computers. I do computers, I am computer. That's the, the genre is computer style. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like black clothing mostly. So I bought these jeans because I hadn't really owned a pair of jeans that, that are comfortable because I, I'm very slim. And it's difficult to find a pair of jeans. And also, I hate wearing a belt. You're all leg, first of all. I am, yeah, yeah. We are the same height sitting down. I'm very leg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. My torso is short. I have a yeah. short torso. Yeah. So it's hard to find. But it's not the length. It's it's my waist. Yeah. Because I'm slim. Yeah. My jeans fall off unless I wear a belt. I hate wearing a belt because cause the kidney, my kidney transplant, the, the way that they, the, the, the position of the kidney is in your groin, basically in your stomach area. Yeah. And so wearing a belt can be extremely uncomfortable. I, ha I just, had, I don't like wearing a belt. Um, and my legs are slim as fuck, so my legs don't hold up my pants, my trousers either. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like a lot of the, the work is done by the legs. Like the thighs. Yeah. yeah. So I wear jeans and it looks like we've got no legs. <laughs> Because I'm very slim, um, so it's hard to find a pair of jeans that that fit. 
Okay, so Vestair, Machine A. Vestair, like Machine Actual shops that you. Actual shops. Alright, so I don't. Cool London. I'm trying to think. Like it's been so long since we went outside. So <laughs> I, know. I. There are definitely like good thrift shops, charity shops in London. Like Soho is, is very good for, mm. secondhand or. It moves it moves around a lot. Like it changes a lot. The fashion like fashion in London changes quite a lot, and mm. um, it's fun keeping up with it. And. Um, so at the moment, like I'm really into the kind of the the computer matrix kind of look, where you know the matrix, like holy kind of woolly jumpers. I think you look like your style right now is is um, Sid from uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Skins. From Skins. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that. No. Like baggy jeans, like yeah. that look is. I feel like is really cool at the moment. Yeah. The skate, can it's just skate look. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm 35 as well, so it's a, there's a you got to put you you got to be careful. And you also continuously say that you want to get rid of all of your clothing. I well, I, yeah, I fantasize a lot about um, living in the woods naked, <laughs> essentially. Like you want to be a cartoon character and have one outfit. Well, I, I do. Yeah, I like the idea of like owning. The reason being is because I, I really admire people that have clothes that are really worn out and they worn the fuck out of them and their clothes are a part of their bodies and they don't care about what they wear. Mm. Like I admire that a lot. Like, But the trouble with me is that I don't wear those clothes. Maybe I do with some clothes, but I don't wear these clothes long enough for them to look worn. So, and I skip around a lot and I, I think, oh, I need that because that's new and I need that because that'll make me look better. and. Instagram. Yeah, and Instagram is fucking poison. Yeah. Um, it is. And so I'm trying to limit... I don't buy that many clothes, really. Um, I don't buy shoes anymore. You had a big shoe collection. I did, yeah. I sold a lot of it. Yeah, funded our, our vacation to New York. <laughs> it did, yeah. Paid for the flights and hotel. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like, I really like clothing, and I admire when you see somebody who's got it together. It's so good. Do you have a, a, a style inspo? I do actually. I've got a friend of mine, a friend of mine, Oscar. Yeah. Who um, I model myself on a lot, and he, he probably doesn't know that. And if he ever listens to this, he's probably gonna be quite surprised. But um, he's got it down. Mm. Yeah, he's very, very cool. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. He's like my height. We often will be asked if we're brothers quite a lot, which is flattering. And I see him and I'm like, damn. I have to be careful as well because like, I don't want him to know that like I'm trying to copy him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to copy some, like he wears a lot of black and yeah, but he's very selective. Yeah, he's very selective with what he wears as well. Yeah. Very, he's very tuned into what he likes, and he doesn't buy clothes clothes that often either. So, mm. when he does, it's it's for a reason, you know. And it and it there's a whole big thing with that. I think minimalism is is attractive, especially mm. at the moment because just, we've, everyone's got, just got so much. You, you know, if you look at our like hotspot, like our internet hotspot, you look at the connections. There's like thirty connections. Okay, but you are not minimalistic. You no, but like, I want to be. You like 
to collect. I do. Yeah, that's the pro. That's the pro. That's the thing that I want to be minimalistic. Minimum. <laughs> the pro- the pronunciation hour. Minimalistic. Minimum. Um. Yeah. I'll get there one day. Maybe I need like shock therapy or something, or like just a, a heroic, heroic dose of mushrooms. Of heroin. <laughs> a heroin dose of mushrooms. Um, or I just kick in. Maybe somebody. I need a good kick in. Like maybe I need to just go out and sort of get into a fight or something. Yeah, I, it could lead to hoarding. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, fully. If I was left on my own. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If I didn't have you. Um, just slowly sneaking stuff out. Yeah, I'd be a mess. Um, And that's the truth. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Okay, when we can go back outside again, where where would someone find you, like in London? Like, where would you hang? All right, well, my favorite restaurant... Mm. In London, there's a place called Luca mm. in Clerkenwell. Yeah. It's the best. It's like modern modern Italian. I went there with Gus. Like Gus, I went there with a band for the first time. Like Gus, Gus, if we ever need a band meeting and we're not in, a, uh, in the middle of a plague, um, we will have lunch somewhere or dinner somewhere and Gus is very good at recommending. Yeah. Um, he eats he eats out quite a lot. He's very good at kind of seeking out. Too. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very good at seeking out great places to eat and great places, really. Like he's very good at uh, good bars and that kind of thing. He's very reliable for social events. Yeah, yeah. So we went there a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, um, and it was kind of mind blowing. Like we went during the day. It was a nice day. The, the interior is really well designed. The staff are like, they made me almost want to cry. They're so nice. They are so nice and they're so warming. And we went, we went during the pandemic when restaurants were open mm. briefly. You could sit inside with no mask, which was Yeah, insane, which is crazy, but... which is why we're in this situation we're in now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we hadn't been out of the house for months and we went there and they brought out a starter, which was a savory mini like churro. It was a Parmesan fry. A Parmesan Parma- fries. Parmesan fry. Yeah, it was like a churro style. Like, and it and I and I welled up. There you were did. there were there were there was a, a salty kind of discharge in my eyes. I feel like you cry every time we go there. Like it's, yeah. It's emotional. For it you. is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like romantic, and it's and it's the two of us and it's like an achievement to be there it feels like and they treat you like royalty as well and they 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 you feel special and the food is just incredible and we usually get the chef's menus it's like five or six courses and it just isn't it it is an experience like i've I've really grown to love culinary experiences as i get older i couldn't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about food five years ago no i mean you would say you'd have five bags of crisps for dinner I used to yeah when I lived on my own like I, I would eat um, whatever whatever um, just to fill me up because I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing um, uh, I would eat at 3am whatever and I didn't care about 
food at all. So now it's a really incredible experience. There are many, many great restaurants in London. Okay, Luca's kind of like high end though. What's like a your average it's really hard to remember it's been so long oh god yeah the best burger i've ever had in my life uh, um four legs four legs in it's in a pub what's the pub called um this is really interesting isn't it <laughs> uh compton arms yeah highbury and islington yeah compton arms highbury and islington there's a there's a cheeseburger and it's the best burger you will ever eat. It's yeah. just, in, it's, it's insane. Um, we go there with our friends, Art and Julie, often, well, when we can. I can't wait to go there again. And they do like little sides and things. And it was Art that like introduced us to that. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. Like Art was like waiting for my reaction. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was worth it. Yeah, yeah. So I like going to like Village Underground as a venue. I like a lot. Not a food venue. It's not a venue, no, no. It's a music venue. Yeah. In Shoreditch. Yeah. Um, Village Underground. Yeah, it's not too big. I saw Death Grips, though. Um, That's a good show. And it was, yeah, I got a black eye. Because um, I was in the pit. Uh, <laughs> saw Clowns Casino there. Um, yeah. Um, I like hanging around in Soho. Like, I live further north of that now. But I like Soho a lot. Um, I like Dalston. I lived in Dalston a lot. Um, so you lived in London for? So since like 2013, I think. Yeah. But it was like a while before I had a real um, place to live. I'd lived in hotels for a while. Because of tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because cause we kind of migrated down from Leeds. No, sorry, from Cambridge. Gradually... Um, I just didn't really have a need to like pay rent anywhere because we were always on tour and then we stopped touring and whatever um, I had to kind of find so I lived in Dalston and Dalston's, Dalston's really cool uh, a really good um, online radio station NTS radio is based in Dalston it might might have changed now but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's still based in Dalston mm. um, Oval Space is a great venue Moth Club Moth Club's amazing, yeah, yeah. Really good for comedy. Yeah. Like really good for comedy. Stand up. Uh, yeah. So, lockdown's lifted. You're going to Luca. Yeah, Luca for dinner. I mean, in a, in a dream world, it would be... Yeah. I would go with, with friends. Mm-hmm. And we would... What would we do? No, we'd have people here. In like early afternoon, yeah. Have people here in early afternoon. Sun's out. We can be in the garden, Sun's be in the out. house, listen Sun's to music, out. and then we would go to Luca for dinner. Yeah. And then we would go to uh, sorry, garlic and shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> garlic and shots is great. It's like a metal bar. Um, I was going to say Corsica. Yeah, that's after garlic and shots. Okay, so we go to. We go to Luca Garlic and Shots, and then we go to Corsica Studios, which is a club. Yeah. We go there, and then then we go to ours again. Okay. And then we go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> we go home. Which is very different from our. Yeah, which I wouldn't get through, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, <think laughs> I would need. Uh, we're in bed by 
uh, I... Batman. 9.30. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this has been quite a long episode. Let's wrap it up. If you listen to this all the way through, you're a legend. <laughs> and there are good things coming your way. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up with another track, or another clip. Oh. Yeah. Uh, not sure what yet. But I'm sure I hope, I'm gonna I'm, I'm playing stuff that I'm working on at the moment. So usually it's a it's about every day that I'm working on something new. Mm. Um, often I get really pissed off and like stuck and I'll just stop. But yeah, these things I'm working on. Um, I'm actually like some of these beats like would be would, would sound really good with uh, with rap. I'd love to get some rap. Mm. I sound really weird saying rappers. Like, that should, word shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not words. cool enough to say, I want, a, I want rappers on this. Yeah, yeah. No, you definitely sound white. So white. <laughs> um, but it would be cool. Um, so, I'm going to leave that with you. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. What are we going to do now? Sopranos? I'm going to sit down and watch TV. Yeah, yeah. And we're fasting right now, so we're not allowed to eat. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Yeah, I'm not sure why we're doing it, but... Um, okay, well... I appreciate you listening. And I hope the audio this time has been okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, no ads in this either, so you're lucky. All right, cheers. Bye. Bye.